Hey guys, it's Ezra. I just want to tell you something that you might not be aware of. You know that tank that you have behind your toilet? Well, in that tank, you have about two gallons of good, potable drinking water that we use to flush our waste. Now, don't you think that in today's day and age, we should probably hold on to that amazing resource and not keep wasting it with every flush? Well, that's why I use Y-Flush. Y-Flush is a spray that will allow me to neutralize my urine so that every time I go in and do number one, I don't have to flush two gallons of good drinking water with every urination. So what I do is I squirt Y-Flush into the bowl, it neutralizes the urine, and I'm saving the water. I think you guys should do that too. So go to YFlush.com, get yourself a few bottles, put them around the house in every bathroom that you have, and save the planet. Hey everybody. The Patriot has been an important hero to me since I was born. Important to all of us. He was the first. June 23rd, 1989 is a day we'll all remember. From that day forward, we were in a world of remarkables and he led the way. He was the one who got us out of the first Gulf War. From saving the life of one person from falling off a bridge to repairing a dam and saving an entire town from ruin when we needed him, the Patriot has always been there. Which is why today's episode is so troubling for Tita and I. We don't know if what you're about to hear is true. We're not police or detectives. We're not lawyers. But what we do know is that you need to hear this. And that we all need to think about where this leaves us. Well, a remarkable thing happened. And welcome back to The Remarkables, where we look at the people that live and work in the world among the Remarkables. And we're back here with Tita. Hey, Tita. Hi. So excited we're back. Yeah, I know. I am, too. I've got a lot on my mind and a lot I need to say. And uh, I just want to jump right into it, if that's all right. A couple weeks ago, we received an email that seemed a little bit vague in terms of uh, desperation that needed to have a discussion with us here on our show. And I followed up with that, Tita. I didn't know if I... Let you, did I tell you that I did the follow-up? We have some concerns, right? We do. I have some concerns. Um, but I do want to welcome our guest um, who penned that beautiful email, if that's the right way. What do I type that out? What did you swipe? Did you use swipe? Whatever I... it is, you got the message out to us, and we really appreciate it. Uh, A like message to... you characterized as desperate. Desperate. That's right. <laughs> um, so please welcome Desperate to our show. Thank you for having me. Um, I know your name really isn't Desperate. Would you like to be referred to as Desperate for the rebate? No, I would not like to be referred to as Desperate. I think it colors the story that I'm about to tell and really gives people a sense of the side you're on before I even get to speak. In all fairness, you did title your email as Desperate, which already colored your message when you approached us. Desperate to be heard, Uh but not desperate in 
as a state of being or an emotional imbalance. And I think that it is uh, very strategic and consistent that men tend to use these words and these framings towards women when they come forward with these these kinds of allegations. Mm -hmm. And so I'm used to it by now. Um, And if you feel more comfortable and more powerful by calling me desperate, then by all means. But my name is Carrie, and you can use that. All right. Then we'll go by Carrie. Thank you. Um, Great. Well, uh, why don't we just start by you telling us a little bit about yourself, Carrie, and calm down a little bit, right? I am here as a friend. I I really have, uh, you're a very attractive woman, and you're fit, and you smell nice, but I have no agenda whatsoever Uh, other than to listen. Thank you for that. Um, I feel like I am being very calm and I don't understand how my physical appearance has anything to do with our conversation or your opinions about me, but thank you. I think you're very tall and have a very strong jaw. It's from my Swedish father. Thank you. Well, congratulations. Um, So I am 28 years old Mm -hmm. and I work in... um, publications. Um, I used to work when I first got out of college. I uh, interned at a couple of um, uh, publicity firms. And that's, uh, I thought originally I wanted to go into that era, but I felt that that field was not the best fit for me and my personality. Um, It's actually where I had the fortune or misfortune to meet the Patriot. Great. Well, let me just interject here for a moment, please, mm-hmm. Carrie. Um, just for our listeners, mm-hmm. for their comfort level here, um, your desperate email, desperate to be heard, you sent us an email that soils the reputation of the Patriot. So my email to you wasn't soiling the character of the Patriot. It was laying out for you the events that happened in my life regarding this man that I think people should know about. Great. And and that's exactly why we want you here. Tita is a huge fan of The Patriot. I'm a huge fan of The Patriot. Mm. Um, we know that not every remarkable is perfect, but mm. very few hold a candle to the lifestyle as well as the history and reputation of The Patriot. Mm. Mm. So, of course, I was interested when yes. you say, Carrie, that you met the Patriot when you were working in publicity, mm-hmm. at right. that time, what was your opinion of him and what was your knowledge of his place in the Remarkables universe and in our world? Well, I've, like anyone else, I grew up idolizing him. He, he has always been an inspiration to what we all should aspire to. Um, he is or was, in my opinion at that time, you know, the highest example of humanity, grace, integrity, and everything that a person should stand for if you wanted to be a good person in the world. I admit that I was absolutely gobsmacked upon meeting him. Uh, the fact that I even got to be in the same room with him was an absolute a dream come true, really. I, I, I think that I idolized him in the same way that I did my father. I looked up to him the way so many of us do. Uh, There are a lot of everyday people that carry that sort of charm with them. I could only imagine it must have been amplified to be around a remarkable with such a alluring power. Absolutely. And to have such a, I mean, you're you're meeting probably like the number one celebrity in the world. And and he is so uh, graceful and 
demure and and he looks you in the eye and he treats everyone with equal respect. Most of our clients, because I was an intern, they barely even ever looked at me or noticed I was in the room. And he treated everyone with equal importance and makes everyone feel like they are the center of his life. At this stage, I think that it would be really helpful for our listeners to hear what it is that you emailed us about and what specifically it is that happened to you that you've chosen to now come forward with. So much of what we know and believe about him is true. I'm not denying anything that we love and adore about this man, but he also is a man who preys on young women who idolize him. Wait a minute. That's and to, I, I make, to think that both see, of these things can't exist in a single person isn't really fair. Women. Well, I know that when I first, when he took me under his wing because he said he saw something in me and he wanted to help me and he became a kind of mentor to me and I was grateful to receive his help. Maybe he had a tendency to enjoy the company of young girls. Is Which, there anything wrong with that? No, I mean, you're there's legal age, nothing you're wrong with enjoying the company of young girls. However, I think that what he does is he creates a dependency on him. He also just makes a lot of promises and throws around a lot of money and takes you to like fancy places. And you think the whole time that there are no strings attached. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you, you wake up in the morning and you don't remember deciding to sleep on his couch and you can't really remember anything about the end of the night. And it feels it just at first you thought, Oh, okay, well maybe I just drank too much. Maybe I, I was really tired or, but after three times, these blackouts started to seem like they were not normal. They didn't feel like regular blackouts. They didn't feel like I drank too much because I wasn't drinking. I wasn't drinking that much. I, on the third time that this happened, I didn't drink at all that night. He, I, all I had was a cup of tea because I had a little bit of a cold. And he said that he had this tea that was really good for a sore throat and, and would make me feel better. And he gave it to me and I drank it. And that's the only thing I had all night. And I woke up in the morning with just my bra on and my uh, under some uh, under a blanket on his couch. You feel you are saying that you were drugged and that the Patriot sexually assaulted you. Yes. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Because that's what you believe happened. You think that a remarkable with the character of the Patriot would do such a vile act. You, your own words, had the fortune to meet someone you idolized, who you think is a wonderful and warm man, that you were gobsmacked by how graceful he was. Yes. And that when you ended up on his couch and not in his bed, you decided to come forward with this version, your account of this story. So you think that I am allegating that he raped me because he wouldn't f*** me. That's what you're saying? Well... 
I mean, I that's pretty much what you just so laid out for me. Many and positive I, adjectives and a absolutely very glowing as I said, of this person. As I said before, you know, I think the problem with our society and sexual assault specifically is that we like to demonize these men, right? They must be these horrible, through and through, awful, terrible, evil, awful people. But the truth is that most of the men who commit these kinds of things, their families wouldn't know. Their friends, oh, I would never believe him because they're not horrible people all around. It's not like there's some other version of a human being where they're, I'm not arguing he's a sociopath. I'm just arguing that and I don't know if it's his sexual preference or his sexual tendencies. I I mean, yes, this man could get laid by anyone if he wanted to get laid by someone. But clearly he enjoys having power over women because when it comes to sexual assault, it's about power, not pleasure. And so well, what's interesting, again, from my perspective, if you don't mind, Carrie, since you did come on our show, mm-hmm. is that your perceived grievance with the patriot mm-hmm. and this sense of inferiority you feel towards men has now not only been projected at the Patriot, but when you started the show, you projected it at my friend and co-host, Ezra. I Is it true that you have a problem with all men and not just the Patriot? Because that is what it sounds like. No, I don't have a problem with all men. And I re- and I resent the fact that you say I have an inferiority complex against men. I have a wonderful relationship with my father and my grandfather. I have two older brothers. Um, many of my coworkers are men. I have many male friends. I'll say this about you, Carrie. Yes. I don't feel any hostility coming off of you towards me because I'm a man. Thank I, you. I, I don't feel like just Thank because you. you're here and just because I'm a man, you're hating on me. I can well, clearly Ezra, see. Well, Ezra, you're also a very warm and caring person, and this email struck such a chord with you, and you were, you know, visibly shaken. I by mean, you're these talking about the reason. My purpose in life, mm-hmm. my focus, yes. my joy, my guidance has been the remarkables, and it has brought me to a place yes. where I have actually been able to make a living, as well as continue to pursue my passion. I understand. I'm sure you can understand that someone walking in here mm-hmm. and sullying the reputation yes. of a hero of mine. Mm-hmm. This is the equivalent of of someone saying that Luke Skywalker is into bestiality and, and if you just trust them, they'll have pictures to show you about it one day. I understand. I, I absolutely understand where everyone's coming from. I understand how unbelievable the story is. But I have... And I didn't want it to be true myself, honestly. It I see took that me, you, I see that you are struggling with. I that. mean, the fact the fact that it happened multiple times because every single time you don't you 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 come up with a million reasons why everything happened that wasn't the reason why it happened. You you try to make it make sense in other ways, but I went back to that apartment, and he doesn't live in that apartment. That's not his primary place of residence. It's what I knew as his primary place of residence, but it's not. It's registered to someone else. It's registered to a shell company. So perhaps it's someplace that he uses specifically for these purposes. And then I thought, okay, no, it's fine because he's a public figure. Of course, he's not going to put his name on. And so that that makes sense. That makes sense. I have all of these files. I, I believe that I sent them to you with that email that you have all this information. I have all the attached documents. And I have started, I went back to my PR firm and I hunted down other interns and started asking questions and several of the girls became highly emotionalized, said that they did completely abruptly ended the conversation, hung up on me. And so I can't believe that I'm the only one this has happened to. 
So you're suggesting that there are potential other victims. However, despite all of your records and all of your meticulous fact-keeping, checking, double-checking, that there is no one else who we could speak to who would be willing to tell us a similar account to yours or possibly to even admit that they showed you an emotional response. Well, I'm hoping that my coming forward is going to give other women the power to come forward and tell their story because it is exactly this kind of emotional reaction, exactly this kind of denial, exactly this kind of attacking the abuse, the the victim in the situation that most women don't want to come forward. It's hard enough in our society to come forward with a normal man and say, this man raped me, this man assaulted me, this man, domestic violence. Most women won't even admit to domestic violence. We are so shamed into silence when it comes to us having needs and rights over our own bodies and what happens to them versus the men in this world who seem to think that they don't care, that that does not matter. There are massive, I mean, look, even in other societies, there are like, there are women being Carrie. stolen out of, uh, out of a, out of Carrie, a school dear. and taken and raped and no one's doing anything about right. it. Those are in so different we, countries though. We, I, you I know, but I'm saying that the attitude, the attitude, I'm just saying the attitude, well, you would be upset too. Have you ever been sexually assaulted? Have Carrie, you ever ha- been sexually assaulted? Compassion. So it's not, We're but it's not about compassion. I'm not talking about compassion. You. What I'm talking about is the fact that you're not hearing me, that you brought me you onto the yelling. show. We can't hear you. you. You're not, be because you're not listening to me. You're just talking over me. The entire time I was talking now, you were talking over me. And so you're not listening. You brought me on the show to hear what I have to say. But really what you came in is to say, we don't want to hear what you have to say. And every time you start to make a point or you start to touch on the power structure that is in place inside this country, we're going to just talk over you and we're going to minimize you and we're going to call you desperate and we're going to say you have inferiority complexes and we're going to say you must be wrong because nobody else has come forward. Why would they? message has been received. Oh man, you know, the first time I saw Remarkable, uh, I was out to lunch with my girlfriend and we were eating on the patio of this place. And then for some reason there was this little old woman and she was in the street and there was this truck coming. And I don't know, I guess the truck didn't see her and we were all freaked out. But then all of a sudden there was this big flash of light. And then the woman, the little old lady, she was on the side of the road and this guy in a suit that had these stars all over it, he had moved her, I don't know, with his mind or something like that. Man, it was it was awesome. It was it was so cool. Okay, we needed that break, and we're back. Um, Carrie and I stepped outside for a little bit for some fresh air, mm-hmm. and uh, I would love to continue on if you feel comfortable. I would love for you to continue on. I'm, I definitely. Um, relaxed a little bit and I'm more available to listen. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And as I said outside, Ezra, I understand the level of pain and betrayal that you must feel hearing my story. And anyone must feel hearing my story about this man because that was the same. I think the biggest thing I felt was that same betrayal, that same being let down. We want our heroes. We want to believe in our heroes. We want to believe that there is something that is truly good in the world. And when that gets taken away from you, it's heartbreaking. And it's so 
heartbreaking. It's such a state of denial that you don't want it to be true. I didn't want it to be true. It's taken me four years to come forward because I don't want it to be true. And I wish that I could go back and make it untrue. There's something to be said for never meeting our heroes. We've all been told this. I, I, you carry- that never, I have never been told that. I have been told, seek them out. They are there for you. Yes. As learn a beacon. From them, grow learn, from them. That's what learn from we them, do. grow from them. No, and no, I'm definitely, not just us. No, not just because not just because of our show, seek them out. The heroes are there for a purpose, for a reason, to build character, to make you better, to let you strive for something way beyond what your own potential is. So are Olympians, is. but a lot of them are jerks too. Well, Olympians are mostly drug addicts. As females, and this is where I very much can empathize with Carrie, we are not always left with a positive sensation when we meet our heroes because of experiences like she is describing. But what is important on this show and in this moment, Carrie, is how much of your story can be verified and how much of it will be torn apart by the public and by the courts. I can document everything about my life, my comings and goings. But I think the most compelling piece of documentation I have is the settlement agreement that he gave me to sign, to keep quiet. Did you sign it? And the amount of money that he offered. Ezra, this is so major. Did you sign it? No. Did he sign it? It came from his lawyer. His name is on it. Okay, but to be fair, that can be generated that I could probably manufacture one of those settlement well, agreements, to put be the honest, Patriot's name on it. Put, fantastic. I, I would absolutely. know the law firm. Right. Sure. Absolutely. And to that end, I could also forge his signature. But usually with a document, you get the person to execute it and then you execute it. So, no, he didn't send me an executed document to sign. He sent me a document to execute so that then he could execute would it be possible for us to contact that attorney? Absolutely. Hello? Hello. Is this Miss Starr? It is. Is it Miss Starr or yes. Mrs. Starr? Miss Starr. Miss Starr. Um, my name is Ezra. I'm calling um, with Tita. She's here with me. Uh, we do a podcast uh, on the Remarkables, and we were spe- we got an email from a woman who titled herself as Desperate. Perhaps you're familiar with this case. I do have some familiarity with the case. I'm involved in it, so I can't speak to it in the level of detail that you might be looking for. Uh You know, we we really can't comment on an ongoing proceeding at this time. Okay. Do you think she's pretty? Thank you. Thank you. A message has been received. About a year ago, I was in a convenience store during a robbery, and I'm terrified, and I've got my hands in the air, and people are screaming, and the robbers have guns, and all of a sudden I hear this quiet humming sound, and I turn my head and I look, there's this woman, and she's standing all in white with these crazy, like, angel wings behind her, and she's glowing, and she glows brighter and brighter, and she doesn't move a muscle, and all of a sudden the robbers start to glow too, and they glow brighter and brighter, and all of a sudden there's this and the robbers disintegrate into dust. And that was the first time I ever saw Remarkable.
So we have a gap of four years here. Why did you specifically stay quiet for those four years? When this kind of thing happens, you want to just forget it. You think that you can just move on. You you don't, I don't have this idea of, oh, it would be so much better for him to go to jail for what he did. I, I just don't know. I didn't know how else to move on with my life. I feel like this has happened to me and it changed everything. And I left New York. I moved. I switched careers. I, I work in an office by myself. I don't have people in my life anymore. I, I date very irregularly. All my friends are getting engaged and moving on with their lives. And I feel like something stopped. There's a sort of arrested development that's occurred for me. And I was just looking at why that was the case. And at first, I didn't even realize that this incident was such a big part of the person I had become. And then I was watching the news and uh, there was another a shooting somewhere, I don't know, a college campus. And, uh, and everyone's reporting and they're talking about, uh, you know, how Fred Rogers used to say, oh, when something bad happens in the world, you know, look, look to the helpers, look, look to the people helping, you know, you look at something like 9-11 or any kind of natural disaster, look at the people who are helping. And the problem was the Patriot was the one helping. And I can't look at that man and not know what he's doing, what he's done to me. And I know he's, he's done to others. Carrie, can you tell us, are we the first place that you are sharing the details of this story in as emotional a way as you are right now? Yes, this is, um, you're the first people I've uh, told publicly. I have had some private conversations, but um, in terms of speaking to the public directly, this is the first time. (gasps) Ezra, so juicy. Carrie, do you think that when this story goes to the public, when it goes to other news outlets, that you will be treated with as much care as Ezra and I have tried to provide you with today. I anticipate that when the public at large hears this story, there will be a lot of backlash. Without a doubt. And here is what I have to ask next. With that in mind, What were your intentions in getting to know and getting so close to the Patriot? What were you seeking and what did you gain? Because these questions will be asked. You have to know. Um, What were you seeking? That's a, that's a fair thing. I think that as, you know, a young 22 year old, I, I was just, I was seeking a mentor. I was seeking knowledge. I, someone who has been around as long as he has and, and understands how the world works and, and sees and thinks about things differently than, than I did. And I wanted an opportunity to like grow and learn from him. Like you would any teacher, mentor, or guide. Did you gain that? Did you gain it in that moment? Is there any gain from, from mentoring or learning or otherwise that when people start to dig, they will be able to pull up with just as much proof as you have of your side that will suggest 
that the gains were perhaps even worth the losses. What like was there benefits? Yes, absolutely. I think that that's the hardest thing about this is that I I can't look back and say that he's a horrible, terrible person at, just as a person in the world. Like, yes, he meant so much to me. And there's so many wonderful, wonderful qualities about him and 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 powers. And there is there is he does good. He does well. But that doesn't mean that he didn't do this. I, I completely understand that. I'm going to have to remove myself away from my own opinion for a moment, only to say that it seems plausible for someone like a remarkable, someone like the Patriot, mm -hmm. who has done so good and is so good at what he does, that he, as a person, can do these horrible things. I can see two different people there. I can see the Patriot, who is my hero, and I can see his human drive that he needs to fulfill, and perhaps that may be tainted, 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 tainted. A message has been received. I was getting ready for work one morning looking out my uh, window and I saw it overlooks this park like behind my house and I saw this girl like a young girl walking around with a line of squirrels following her like the squirrels in a line you know like they were marching almost like this it was almost like a dance and they were just following her in a perfect line like like they were hypnotized or I don't know maybe they were listening she was telling them to do it it's it was it was interesting it was one of the crazier things I've ever seen Okay, well, we um, we've come to the we've come to our segment where we are going to take uh, an email, mm -hmm. and then we do our takeaway segment. And thank God, this yeah. is getting way too heavy. Anyway, Carrie, uh, you're welcome to stay. Um, and uh, well, obviously, listen. we can't push her out into the street. She looks a mess. No, you're. Uh, thank you. You still look. You look okay. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I just mean she's very upset. Yes. So you know, you don't have to go anywhere or drive any place or mm -hmm. you know call it takeaway we could uh you can just chill here if that's okay you can just relax okay um but by all means if there's something you want to contribute chime in your microphone's hot okay. okay thank you we got an email so this opens up the vault of our conspiracy theories of is tom cruise a remarkable now we do want to bring up a couple of points number one he's short and we did say that short people are more likely to be remarkables. Carrie, how how tall is uh, the the Patriot when you were uh, in, when you had your encounters with him? How how tall would you say he is? Uh, I mean, in like, real life, because the billboards and the posters, he's enormous. Um, he's a little taller than me. I, I guess like five eight, five five nine, okay. maybe maybe oh, five. That's 10. short. So, there you go, that's, Ezra. That's, that's short. That's proof. I I mean. Uh, did you know that, Carrie, that most Remarkables are about 5'9 or under? 
No. Yeah. I didn't. Most of them are. And let's not forget, we had an inquiry. And unfortunately, we don't know more about this. But I think it's something we should look into for future episodes. Mm -hmm. We were talking to someone online who claims that Turbine and Richter Mm -hmm. might be more than just friends. Nuh-uh. I mean, of course, I'm extra interested because Turbine and Richter are obviously two of the most famous Canadian Remarkables. I'm comfortable with it. They, yeah, not they can love each other. There's anything wrong with it. But can you imagine? I mean, like, let's think about it. I, here's what I want Turbine and Richter to do. It might warm the hearth I want or them burn to have down their the own house. leisure living channel. I'll watch it. What's going to happen? They could cook happen? and show me latest products. And then I'll buy oh, it. like a talk show? I would watch that talk show. More like leisure living. Would you watch a show like that, Carrie? Turbine, Richter, they get their own show, you know. No. Because they're Canadian. Do you like watch on, the, TV? on the Home and Garden channel. Right. Just like that. You wouldn't watch that? It's not really my thing. Okay. She's kind of a little bit boring, not to be rude. Takeaways, takeaways, takeaways. Let's just do those. It's our last little segment of our show Uh where we talk about anything that was unearthed, things that we learned about, uh, subject matter that came up on the show, like, for instance, you being raped and blah, blah, blah. So who's got a takeaway? That's pretty much my takeaway. Your takeaway? That's it? That I was raped. That's all? Patriot. Okay. Yes, that's You all. brought that to us. That's great. No, that's great. You, nothing from Tita or, not, or I. Nothing we said? Uh, I got a good one. Yeah, go ahead. Impeach uh, the Patriot. Could we call that? Could that be like the title of this episode? It's a stupid um, thing to say. It's, We're, well, he's, he's not, not president. So. He's just like so important. And it's kind of like See, almost like problem, alliteration. This is the so. problem with Tita well, then, being in Canada. She thinks we can just throw impeach in anything. And that sounds cool. That covers it. Okay, um, my takeaway is, um, like Tita, you said it earlier, don't meet your heroes. Okay, so quick story. I'm a big fan of Eight is Enough. And Uh, I was uh, was at Dodger Stadium. and I was enough with the Willie Ames story. Like, we're over it. How many seasons now? Like, can we just park this please for a minute? I mean, geez. Anyway, we ran out of time. We were going to do the contest contest winner. God damn it. Son of a... All right. Well, you know what? Look, suspense makes everybody curious. So we'll do it next time. I promise. Hey, do you still want to go to the movies tomorrow? I think that new Tom Cruise movie is playing. Oh, yeah. 